rolling. That's the intro. We've done it. Just press that. <laughs> rolling. Great. Welcome. Welcome. To f*** Movie Kill. I'm Nadira G. I'm Shelly P. And this is the podcast where we play the popular party game, but with movies loosely tied to a similar theme. Loosely. <laughs> Very loosely. Except not too loosely this week for no. our first episode. I feel good about this. So this week, our movies are Fight Club, The Breakfast Club, and The First Wives Club. And the theme that ties them together is, not surprisingly, movies about clubs. Mm. Round of applause. Yeah. All right. So I guess we can just start by doing our initial FMK rankings. Oh, yeah. Um, So I thought about this long and hard because I'm a big fan of all three of these movies. Mm. Um, But I decided to... Fight Club mm. in true fashion, as one only must. Naturally. Um, to marry the first Wives Club, which... Ah, honey. Is, right, I, I thought so. And to kill the Breakfast Club, which I have to say... Well, well, well. Really just breaks my heart because it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But I feel like I don't... I mean, we'll get into it later, but I just feel like that is the only place it fits. Interesting. In so. with my given options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? I think. I think I would. I feel like for I mean. I think it might be the same. I, the only thing I can imagine is maybe I would kill Fight Club and Fight Club, but. Yeah. Let's let's say, let's say for now I have the same rankings. Okay. All right. So which one should we start? talking about first let's get into fight club because that's the one i <laughs> had to i probably the one i watched the longest ago the longest ago yeah. okay so should we do our summaries yeah our 15 second summaries so should i do this one yeah please all right okay here's my 15 okay second wait, wait, wait. I, I do have to say um this will probably not be a spoiler free no. summary so if you have not seen it, then maybe don't listen to this podcast, but maybe do. Yeah. But also maybe just skip these next 15 seconds. seconds. Oh, okay. Okay, and go. Okay, so the movie is about a crazy white man who is not happy with his life and apparently was living as someone else the entire time and has some sort of major personality dissociative disorder and Jared Leto and Brad Pitt shirtless and soap. Thin. <laughs> Nice, tight. Uh, Jared Leto was in it? Oh, yeah, for like two to three seconds. Enough that it was worth being in the 15-second <laughs> mention? Okay. I mean, if you're me, then sure. yes. Right. I also could have mentioned that Meatloaf was in it, wearing a fat suit, and Helena Bonham Carter now doing some really weird things. <laughs> okay, so listen, what can I say? I've decided that this movie is the movie that I'm going to F because... It's just hot, mm. you know? It's just a hot movie. Brad Pitt, all lean and shirtless, yeah. is, like, hard to not... It was not... prime. Yeah, yeah. In his... In his... Well, mm, perhaps. I would say that maybe Mr. and Mrs. Smith is, like, his prime, prime, prime. Mm. But... I never saw. We should figure out how to tie that together. We should. Yeah, that would be for a later episode. Sure. But, um... I mean, it's just, you know, there's that scene where he, like has his shirt off and they're all down there fighting and I'm like okay this is kind of hot in a really toxic way you know Mm -hmm. because I'm like would I actually really want this no because they're probably all like abusive psychopaths but 
hot yeah yeah i have a very niche memory about the fight club is it called the fight club or just fight club? i think it's just called fight club and technically because of the role we like shouldn't be talking about it but it's fine it's okay uh ah yes well in fight club the dvd when you <laughs> put it in on the like main menu page it had like a really interactive like room you were in Did where it? you could like flip around and like the you know magazine on the table was like the credit selection Ooh. yeah it was like fun i've been to was, that yeah it was like early on like a weirdly progressive thing to have on a dvd um so i remember that about fight club uh the actual movie was good i feel like i remember reading a summary um in preparation for this and i was like oh i completely like i was like why didn't they talk about the soap thing and so i had to like go on my own just like research the soap thing yeah and i remember that being a whole like metaphor like isn't it crazy how um you know, we can sell them these cleaning substances, but it's made of their own fat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. A little too much. Yeah. I can also say another um, sort of enticing, perhaps attractive part about the film is as, like, crazy and almost sick as it makes you because there's something clearly, like, not right with Tyler Durden, like, the main guy, or mm-hmm. the narrator, however you decide to yeah, do yeah, it or whatever, yeah, yeah. is that those little interludes where Brad Pitt is, like, spewing all of this, like, conspiracy theory stuff, like, there are, like, interludes in the movie where for, like, 10 seconds he goes on these, like, mini rants that are probably just BS, but also maybe probably really intelligent and super mm-hmm. informed, and so I'm kind of like, ooh, like, yeah. is he hot and smart, or is he just, like, crazy and, right. you know, trying to kill people by blowing up a building at the end you know like we'll never know right and like now that i'm older i feel like when like his like whole big plan to like destroy the credit card buildings to eliminate debt i'm like you could do it if you want like, if, it, if it happens it happens like, like kind of like this oh, is related to me right you're like like yesterday how we were talking about like we love organized crime when it supports like when it's not hurting people yeah. like the crime heist in um germany if anyone knows about that please reach out i don't tell the story well <laughs> the jewels were stolen in broad daylight um but anyway bike club was cool um, definitely a fun movie. I feel like the culture on Fight Club also was kind of irksome growing up. Oh, like, totally. Guys were like, oh, this is great. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Chuck Palahniuk has other really good books you should read. Yeah, it was definitely, like, the same type of guys who, like... So it, it, it had a really weird following where it was split into, like, super like, beefy guys who, like, don't know what to do with their testosterone in high mm. school. But then was also supported by the same guys who swear they're holding Caulfield when they read Catcher in the Rye. And they're like, I'm so misunderstood and right. everyone's a phony. And I'm like, I'm just here for, like, the actual good content. Like yeah, it's all plucking on the same, like, toxic masculinity. Cord. Yeah. Which is, good. I feel like because it's upfront about it, it's refreshing in a certain type of way. And I also think that... Helena Bonham Carter is a really good... I just think she's really great in that movie. Mm-hmm. As weird and eccentric as she is in every movie, I think she's particularly fun in that one. And I mm-hmm. like seeing her get to like play in that space. It was a really fun movie for what it was worth. Yeah. Yeah. And it really pleasantly surprised... Like, I think when it first came out, I watched it maybe four times in one week because oh, I was wow. just kind of like, how did I... Because I didn't guess the ending, and I was really... It was one of the first movies that I've seen where it really surprised me in a way that was really nice and refreshing, and so I just watched it over and over again because I was like, I have to one understand. Of, one of the reviews I was reading about it was they were like, if you if you have any common sense, you could tell the ending in the first 10 to 15 minutes. And I'm like, you definitely couldn't. No, okay. you definitely couldn't. <laughs> okay. Like, you like, really well, actually... Obviously, if it's an insomniac, he's dreaming the whole thing. I'm like, that's not okay, even what it was. No. Like, <laughs> I didn't read this. Um, but yeah... Do you want to move on to the next movie? Do you want to play a little game? Or um, store? Let's play a little game, and then we can move on to the next movie. I love it. Love games. Okay, so 
I have this idea that we can do two movie truths and a lie, where mm. I basically looked up trivia about the three movies that mm. we are discussing today, and two of those trivia facts are true, mm. and one of those trivia facts is a lie. Okay. I feel like it's always hard to do truths and a lie, like whenever you do it for like an icebreaker activity, people always do it, and then they like, in the middle of it, realize that they've only told truth, yeah. and they're like, like, I can't go. I'm definitely not great at it. Yeah, I trust. So this might be easy. But so there's one yeah, truth. We'll see. And there's there three is... lies. And it's all about one movie or three different the three different movies? All correct. Great. Um, <laughs> that didn't answer my question. <laughs> all right. There are two truths. Yes. And one lie. Uh-huh. And each movie has their own uh-huh. one. Okay. So, first one. In Fight Club, Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter spent three days recording orgasmic sounds for their unseen sexing oh yeah it's number one okay. number two for the part in the first wives club where goldie hawn is supposed to get like all that collagen and stuff mm-hmm. when she goes to the doctor she actually does it but it went horribly wrong well, and it was kind of painful so she said that she'd never do it again number three the main emotional scene in the breakfast club where all the characters sit on the floor in the library and confess why they actually ended up in detention sure. is totally unscripted it was ad-libbed john hughes just said i want you oh to go did forth you, so you came up with these yourself or did you find these no two of them two of them i found on imdb as my source so, <laughs> <laughs> so if they're not correct know. you know, so you can. I, don't know if can I got all of this i got all of this um information from imdb but two i looked up and then judging by the actual real facts of another one i made up made one up yeah wow that's really good um all right so let me think so one is that Helena Bonham Carter and Brad Pitt recorded these orgasmic stands for three days. Yeah. I don't know. We were just talking about uh, celebrities voice acting and what a hard field it is. <laughs> we so this, it's this very true. Uh, topical. Um, second is that uh, First Wife Club, Goldie Hawn actually got lipo. Or not collagen. Lipo, collagen, collagen. I don't know. <laughs> and then third is... Uh, don't tell me. Uh, Breakfast Club, it was ad-libbed. That entire know. scene. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. I don't remember anything about this film. Um, maybe the truth is the... There are two truths, one lie. Two truths, one lie. Oh, so I'm calling out the lie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. So the lie, I want to believe, is the ad-libbed scene from breakfast club that is my guess no that actually really happened oh, wow. okay. according to imdb again <laughs> <laughs> that entire scene is ad-libbed which is kind of crazy because it's sort of the entire emotional crux of the of the entire film is it, is it when they all talk about their parents well yes it's when they all talk about their parents but more specifically when they all talk about how they ended up in detention so that's the scene where I think it's, I think the character's name is Brian, but the nerdy character, mm. where he admits that he was basically trying to commit suicide, mm. but he couldn't get like I think it was a flare gun, but he couldn't get it to go off right, and it went off in his locker, and so he ended up in detention, mm. and so that's sort of the entire like emotional crux of the film where they really start to open up to each other, and wow. they all sort of have this whole entire like moment of we shared this together, mm. and no one else will really know like what went down in the Breakfast Club in detention on this morning. Um, and to think that, according to IMDb, <laughs> it was all ad-libbed is kind of insane. Mm. Um, it's also true that Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter recorded orgasmic scenes for three full days, which I think is crazy. Mm. But I guess you got to do what you got to do to mm. service the film. Yeah, um, and the lie is that Goldie Hawn actually got collagen treatment for First Wives Club. Instead, she got 
like a saline solution injected into her lips, which is harmless. But she said that it was so painful that she was um, sort of thrown off the idea of getting collagen ever in her life, ever. Wow. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. That's Some nice. issues in LA. That's fun. Let's talk about First Wives Club. Okay, let's. That movie's fun. So I, I think I'm a part of the bandwagon group of people who only watched it after it was referenced in like Ariana Grande's like two out or mm. in her Ellen performance. Yeah, me too. Me too. Where I was like, ah, oh, like I've seen this like like scene, like I know the white suits and like you don't own me, but like I just didn't for whatever reason connect like, oh, this is a movie I would watch. Yeah. And so I think I watched it this past summer and it was so fun. It's really, really like, fun. Here, really me, can be me, really give great. Me, give me the fifteen seconds. I think all right, all right. You got this. All okay, right, ready? ready? Go. Uh, four best friends start out in college. They grow f- for 40 years. They say they're going to be friends. They have pearl necklaces. Um, they have husbands that are horrible, and they get revenge on them. And in the end, it's all happy because friendship's the most important thing and well over 15. Good job. It's okay. Though. Yeah, it's really fast. Um, it was yeah. like 16 or 17. It's really still great. pretty good. The cast was so good. And I think I also liked... So good. I think I like my favorite like specific genre of film is just like older women <laughs> um like reclaiming their lives which is funny because i don't care for grace and frankie like I know yeah me neither I yeah feel no shade um but yeah it was really cool the three actresses um also um they were all really famous at that point so it was yeah. like a really like star-studded cast yeah and i thought it was like legitimately funny like seeing them have to like you know fight over or like get revenge on their husbands but also their husbands are all slimy, and that hasn't really changed. Like, the idea of, it's like, true. guys going after, like, younger women, or, like, the fact that they found out that the third husband who was married to Goldie Hawn, like, who wanted the divorce, like, the, the mm-hmm. celebrity one, like, he was dating, the girl he was dating was a minor. I'm like, gross. Yeah, super gross. And the, sort of, the casting of Sarah, I think it was Sarah Jessica yeah, Parker, right? It's, like, yeah, one yeah. of the young, like, Did new ones was, was really just apt. Um I really enjoyed it. I really love a campy, musical-based, women empowerment film where the empowerment is a source of just getting revenge on men. Like, I really just, I thrive on that energy sometimes, especially when you throw in a random musical performance in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a really big fan of... Is it Bette Midler? It's Bette mm-hmm. Midler, right? I'm, I'm a really big fan of Bette Midler. Anything yeah, her she whole does. like subplot was that having like an Italian mafia or a Thai cousin. Amazing. Like, that's how she got her <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. And I, I wasn't really, I'm, I was like you, like I didn't watch it until um, after the Ariana Grande Ellen performance. Yeah, she really gave that movie over probably like a second. <laughs> um, rightfully so. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have much experience with Goldie Hawn either. Obviously I've seen like Diane Keaton in plenty of films, um, but I wasn't, I don't really gravitate towards her, but I think this movie really made me appreciate all three of those women in like a very wonderful light. I feel like I'm saying like too much. It's okay. It's the first episode. We'll get there. When I was, um, reading the summaries, they, they clarified in the first scene where they're like, the four of them are in college, uh, that they all were gifted Bulgari pearl necklaces. And I was like, those are expensive. So I guess it was also like being in mind that these are also all like upper middle class women. Yeah. Which I guess is what movies were about during that time. Yeah. So it goes, but it was still fun. I liked it. I liked the ending. I liked that it wasn't just like they all got back together with their husbands or they all like, you know, found new lovers. Like it was. Yeah. The idea of paying it forward in a way that's really hilarious is, just really it's a perfect ending to yeah. 
the film. I also, when I was looking up the trivia for all of the, fil all of the films, I saw that they were really gunning for a sequel, but the studio wouldn't let them. They were really against it. And they said that this movie is not gonna sell. It's, you know, like we let you make it and that's fun, you had your time, but it's not gonna sell. And I feel like there was a really big action movie coming out, like a Bruce Willis film or something mm. like that. And they ended up outselling that film. Like the box office, but, uh, box office money that they made totally surpassed everything else. And so they were just kind of like, what now? But they still didn't let them make the sequel, which kind of sucks. But there are some things that I feel like are better off in one movie, and this is maybe right. one of them. I was going to say, I couldn't even imagine what the sequel would be about without it being kind of like the lame sequels of the 90s where it's like, do we remember them in the first Wives Club? <laughs> yeah. Get ready for the first Wives Club goes to Morocco. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you yeah. don't need to see that happen. Yeah, and I think it's also harder when you have a movie that's so wonderfully campy that... It's just hard to sort of bottle that energy again and hit lightning again in another yeah. film. Like I without it like overplaying. Yeah, it, without so. it overplaying or just kind of being like too, I don't know, frilly the second time around. Mm -hmm. But I I really love that movie. And it is of the three movies that we're talking about today, besides The Breakfast Club, which we'll get to in a second. Which you just is, kill, but <laughs> I know, it's really don't remind me. I'm really sad about it. But <laughs> First Wives Club, I think, is the one movie of the three that I could watch no matter what mood I'm in, over and over and over again. I think it's just a movie that brings joy, and it's just really fun. And so, you know, that's what you need in a marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really fun. Great. Our last movie, the movie I unfortunately decided yeah. to kill, which really breaks yeah, why my Why don't you explain it? Because I feel like I will be rude. <laughs> it's okay, and I think that this is a space where you are allowed to be rude. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, this is a safe space wow. for you to express. A brave space, maybe. A, I feel brave ooh, a brave yeah, space. Yeah, that's super popular. Let's, <laughs> let's rebrand the term. It is a brave, space a brave space where you are allowed to express your grievances no matter how much they may or may not break my heart. Um, yeah, so The Breakfast Club, the classic John Hughes film, of the 80s, Brat Pack, is our last movie that we have both decided to kill. And I guess I'll do a 15-second summary yeah. of this one as well. Please. All right. And begin. So the movie is about five kids who get put in detention on a weekend, and they're all different, but they somehow relate to each other by the end by expressing common differences. Okay. Yeah, Great. I'm really good at that. And, well, I've seen that movie quite a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, before we even begin, let me just clarify how I've interacted with The Breakfast Club. Yes. So, The Breakfast Club, for me, I think, is I fell into the hole that many fell into with movies like Frozen and Avatar, where, like, everybody was like, this movie's incredible, like, yeah. you have to see Overhyped. it. And so the first time I saw it was, like, in high school, during, like, you know, a study hall where my English teacher was like, I'm lazy, let me show you mm. Breakfast Club because I'm a cool English teacher and that's what I'm going to, like, share with you all, like, my love of this movie. And so I was like, okay, like, I'm down. But it was, like, on a school projector with every... Like, I don't know, it just didn't feel like ideal viewing time. Yeah. And I just didn't get it because I think everybody in the room, all being like New Jersey middle-class kids, were like, we've all seen Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> where And so they were like, we're enjoying this experience because we have already seen it so we can, like, you know, crack jokes. And I'm, like, the first time I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't find his characters relatable. I think that Molly Ringwald is annoying. Like, I Totally. Just, 
I just didn't feel any type of like, is the word pathos, like any type of sure. feeling or emotional like tie to it. But also again, like maybe if I was sitting alone in my room for the first time watching it, I'd feel that connection. Or if I grew up yeah. in like that experience. That's very interesting. I watched it for the first time in my bed in the morning on my own um, on a weekend. Mm. I think the first time I saw it was sort of at the end of middle school, maybe early high school, definitely somewhere in that time. And I just remember thinking, look, here's my overall stance on the movie um, because I found myself defending it in many a situation and I'm sort of tired of defending that movie I think it's a legacy can sort of defend itself okay. but I do have to say that I don't think the appeal is that the characters are relatable okay. or not all of them I don't relate to Molly Ringwald's character Claire at all I think yeah. she's incredibly annoying in fact I relate to Brian much more who's mm-hmm. the nerd and a skimpy white man mm-hmm. um, I think what drew me to it is that for the first time it was a movie that centered around teenagers where teenagers didn't have to be doing something all the time, where they could actually just have long sequences of talking to each other that were still interesting and still grasped your attention and still made you, like, sucked you into the world of the film. And I also think that, and I specifically remember this, so one of my friends saw it maybe, like, two years ago, and we're the same age, so we saw it sort of at the... And, and, you know, of when people usually end up watching the film. So kind of late. And he said, the way the characters got together is so stereotypical. Like, of course, like, the outsider would go for the pretty girl and the jock would end up going for, like, the... fan fiction. (laughs) But what I said to him was, think about the time when this came out. And think about the movie that made it Mm. so stereotypical. And that was this one. So do you think it was Breakfast Club that established those archetypes? Not... Entirely, but I think in a popularized way, totally. Mm. And so I think before then, it was always the jock with the pretty girl. It was always the outsider with another outsider, the nerd who doesn't end up with anybody, which, which is, is also true. kind of what happens. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, I know this poor dude is like talking about like trying to end his life, and at the end, these two couples are like, like "See you later, Brian. bye, bye." Um, and so I just. I defend it on that stance, too, because especially when we watch it now, we have to remember the time period in which it came out. Yes, it's stereotypical. Yes, it's very white. But I think John Hughes really did something there about showcasing not only the plight of teenagers in a time where the idea of a teenager was just starting to get, you know, some, I guess, I don't know, some publicity or some recognition, but the sense that teenagers don't always have to be doing wacky hijinks that they can do their wacky hijinks but they can also sit down and have a conversation and actually talk to each other about how they're different and how they're similar and how they hate their parents and how you know all these things that we actually do and i just gravitated towards that notion entirely i wonder if um that movie is responsible for creating the kind of essence of the american teenager just because i know that like 
when Sex Education, the Netflix show, came out, everyone was kind of like, this is weird, because, like, everyone has British accents, yeah. but they're wearing, like, Letterman jackets, and it's like, seems like a high school, like, from, like, paying homage to Breakfast Club, and I think the directors were like, yeah, yeah, like, it is paying homage to Breakfast Club, like, we are so, like, into that, like, high school classic, like, it's so American. It is very The American. idea of having, like, a jock who wears a Letterman jacket, and he's, like, the small town hero, yeah. and, like, the outsider who, like, smokes, and, like, all these things, like, it's, it's, I, I'd like to say maybe, looking back, to give more credit the breakfast club uh walked so degrassi could run <laughs> amazing yeah that is the tagline of our podcast yeah, absolutely. um but yeah i have a really special place in my heart for that movie i will always say to the end of time that if someone asks me my top five favorite movies it will always make it in there okay. um but you may have noticed that I've decided to kill that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I don't want to marry it and I don't want to have sex with it. You know, that's that's really just sure. it. Like, I don't necessarily find it s- sexy. And I don't necessarily find it something that I could commit to yeah. over and over again anymore. Especially now that I'm not a teenager anymore. Mm. I find it a movie that will always have a special place in my heart. But it's time to have a real impact on me has sort of passed, Mm. which is kind of different because I can watch Ferris Bueller now and still be like, this movie is revolutionary. And I still, you know, made by John Hughes as well. And I'm like, you know, I watch that movie and I just think, you know, there's still so much I can glean from this, from this movie, especially about how a movie is made. But I think the breakfast club, it's time has come and gone. And although it will still hold a place in my heart forever, it just does not sort of by, you know, process of elimination. It doesn't, I don't want to marry it and I don't want to have sex with it. And that's just that. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I, do you want to do this bad review? Guess, Guess which movie this bad review belongs to. Yes, let's do it. Okay, cool. So this is um, reviews off Amazon, because I thought those were the funniest ones. Always. Um, This is a review from... Oh, I don't know if I should say that. That's kind of rude. Okay, anyway. um, It's from someone with the initials JK. (laughs) And it says, I think this was supposed to be funny, but it was just a big snooze fest. I kept watching because I thought at some point it would all form a cohesive plot, but it was just a mess. I don't even really get the ending. (laughs) Um, Okay. That's, okay, very interesting. (laughs) This is very difficult. I think it's a bit too, if you didn't get the ending of The Breakfast Club, then I don't really know what to tell you because I feel like that ending is sort of the most explicit one. And I don't want to believe that that person who wrote that review is um, so necessarily obtuse that they (laughs) would... Miss the ending of The Breakfast Club. Although the first part of the review sort of makes me lean towards Breakfast Club, but I think when they said they didn't get the ending, I'm leaning more towards Fight Club. Now, to think that Fight Club should be funny (laughs) is really just missing, I think, a key part of the film, considering that the film is about torment and identity and... Fighting, bro. And fighting bro <laughs> and you know all of these really dark things i mean the movie is literally quite dark in the way that it's filmed and to think that it could be funny or should be funny it's just really hilarious to me i don't think it's first wives club let me put that out there um it could be it could be any of them but i okay i think my final vote is fight club okay it was actually first wise. Oh, was it? Yeah. Which so I think what's funny is I was like, what do you not get about yeah, the ending? Yeah, exactly. They just tell you what happened. <laughs> that was, wow. Yep. 
Wow. Wait, so so now that we know it's First Wives Club, repeat the... Uh, I think this was supposed to be funny, but it was just a big snooze fest. I kept oh. watching because I thought at some point it would all form a cohesive plot, but it was just a mess. I don't even really get the ending. Wow. Which I was like, I think the plot was very... Very cohesive. cohesive. Like, the plot was very... what they were doing then. The plot was very A plus B leads to C, I gotta say. It's, yeah. it's a pretty cohesive plot. It, now it's three different storylines, but it's a pretty cohesive situation whereas yeah i want to i really want to know if this person watched fight club and was like i got it i get this <laughs> yeah i mean on the good news three people found that review helpful so <laughs> wow well shout out to those three people mm-hmm. i um you know i hope that they i don't know find some different reviews in the future of movies that they're thinking about watching but very interesting yeah uh, so as we've gone through all these movies do you feel like your final ranking mm Mm, yes, I think I'm gonna stick with f-ing Fight Club, mm. marrying First Wives Club, and killing the Breakfast Club mm. as much as it breaks my heart because I just don't see it shaking out to be any other way. Would I want to marry Fight Club? Absolutely not. That would be a really horrible marriage, but you know, they can get one night, you know, like mm. that's fine. And would I want to necessarily have sex with First Wives Club? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just not that... T- it's a bit too wholesome, you know? A bit too... A bit too... Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... I think I have a little bit of a change of heart. I think that I would still marry First Wives Club because I marry the ideals of it. I just mm-hmm. think it's like empowerment, loving, you know, supporting each other and finding love outside of just, like, you know, your partner, which I'm always about. I think that I would breakfast club because i think wow. it might have been something i maybe overlooked when wow i, was I did it. such a good job of defending yeah. it you guys i'm so proud of myself yeah, and I, you know maybe it was one of those like yeah you know come back and like see them in a couple years and be like oh you know what <laughs> you're cuter than i thought like maybe and i think i would kill fight club because i think i you're right the kind of person that if like fight club was to be personified into a human being i probably wouldn't want to talk to yeah and so i think i would just off it. I mean, it's a very incredibly toxic movie, yeah. Fight Club. It's fun. It's, it's totally fun. Kind of fun. I'm a very yeah. risk averse person. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Well, is there anything else that we should say? Oh, you know what I really like when podcasts do? When they talk about one thing that they've really been into or oh, have been enjoying. Sure. It could be anything. It could sure, be sure. a movie, a website, uh, like a personal interaction that you've had. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so do you have one thing that you've been oh, really yeah. into? One thing I've been really into is finding out about how air fryers work. I Ooh, recently, speak my, on it. Yeah, thank you. My um, Thanks for giving me this brave space talking about my air fryer. <laughs> so my roommate recently bought one. Well, I guess not recently. It was Black Friday, but we've only started recently using it. And I was very suspicious of it because I was like, is it really that good? But it truly is like an easy bake oven for adults like you truly just put it in turn on the timer and then you take it out and it's done like it's it, it and things are really fried no i think it's i think fry is a misnomer i think what it really does is roast things but if you think okay. about the time it takes you to like roast broccoli mm-hmm. and the fact that this can cut it down to 10 minutes with wow. minimal work and you just have to clean that one thing incredible changed my meal prep game that's really interesting because i have never used one i've always wanted to use one but i've seen people f- actually fried chicken oh, in I an air fryer sure, sure, sure. wow if you keep it in long enough definitely 
Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll have to. My mom and I have been sort of trying to figure out if we should. I think you should go for it because there's so many things in there that aren't, um, you know, meat related. Like I, eat, tofu is so good to put in the air fryer. Mm. Um, make a good crispy tofu. Um, you could do broccoli, frozen veggies. Put them straight in. They'll roast. Um, my pers- my my roommate has done like fries. So many good things. Oh, and my my home my parents have one, and they use salmon. They make salmon in there. Wow, and it's so good. You know, I eat salmon like five out of seven days yeah. a week. So, so that's my pitch, air fryer. If you want to sponsor me, I don't even know the brand of this one. Don't say it out loud. But if you are interested in letting me promote your air fryer, please reach out. All right, um, amazing endorsement of an air fryer. Um, I will have to check that out. I have been into lots of things as I always am because that's just the type of person I am. I'm never chill. (laughs) Um, But I would have to say that, and I know everyone's been talking about it, but the Netflix show Cheer Mm. is everything that anybody needs to watch ever. If you are a fan of Bring It On, there's something for you. If you are a fan of a hardcore documentary about race relations and class relations and small town southern experiences while being a member of the lgbtq community then there's something for you if you are a fan of sports content sports movies sports documentaries then there's something for you if you are a fan of just watching teenagers if you really like a good teen drama or anything Mm. like that then there's something for you my mom and i started watching this show just because it popped up on netflix and because we're super into the movie bring it on and just cheering as a sport we're very into gymnastics dance as sports and so we've always seen cheerleading as a sport especially on the really impressive like collegiate um tournament sort of competition scale we've always seen that as a sport and so we just decided to turn it on we didn't realize that it was a documentary series and so when we turned it on we were wonderfully surprised but it's just really really good and I think it brings up a lot of really interesting questions about how class works how race works in these sort of insulated communities and what opportunities are afforded to you in sort of the cheerleading world in terms of education and money and also the relationship between coach and athlete. There is a coach in there, the main coach that's in there that has a really sort of controversial relationship with her athlete. She's very, very tough on them. Mm-hmm. And kind of like a dance moms thing. Kind of. And, and some people see it as abusive and some people see it as, you know, just her trying to make her students and athletes the best that they can be. And so I think it, it really is really fascinating to look at it from that point of view. And it's also just a lot of these kids have had rough childhoods growing up and it's really nice to see them sort of come into their own and find something that they excel at and find success in a space in their life where they wouldn't have necessarily otherwise and there is um an athlete a cheerleader in there his name is jerry he's really good at this thing called mat talk which is basically just yelling at people from the sidelines about um staying positive and like doing their their best their best job and the situation behind that is that he is someone who has worked really really hard but doesn't always make it on mat which just means that he doesn't actually end up competing you know he sort of rides the bench sometimes and 
the fact that he can still main, maintain that po- that positivity and just be so lovely is mm. I just love Jerry so much. I think everyone needs a Jerry in their life. I'm going to go out and find the Jerry of my life because I just need someone to scream at me that I'm doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, talk. But yeah, it's really great and they were on Ellen and they were super adorable and I think it it just has it's just everyone should watch it. Yeah, and that's Maybe my endorsement. We should, yeah, we should change our podcast. <laughs> to just a podcast about Netflix's show, yeah. Cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, it's so successful now and it's gotten so sort of popular that I'm wondering if they're going to do a season two. And if they do, if it's going to be about a different squad or if it's going to be about the same squad but with different people. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm really wondering. Cheer in Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> Remember these guys from Cheer? Well, this time they go to this time Abu Dhabi. This time they're on a cruise. <laughs> um, and they're all like cheering while seasick. And Ooh, they're just like falling over. That's good. We should pitch this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it will be really interesting to see how this sort of plays out in terms of the sort of zeitgeist of what's going on now. Because it's very much entering the pop culture zeitgeist. Oh. And it's time for you to get your laundry. Yeah, that's my laundry bell. And I think that is also the bell that signals the end of this podcast. Oh, man, I hope we don't have a laundry bell. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm Nadira. I'm Shelly. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just want to say that this is our very first one. And we're recording this on an iPhone in Shelly's room and um in her apartment yeah and i would like to say that if it's rough then please just bear with us you know if you want to subscribe and yeah. follow and like and give money to our patreon i'm just kidding i don't think we have any of those yeah, things we'd love some feedback though if you think that there's yeah. any movies that we should be doing anything that you could loosely tie together we love those recommendations yeah and this was our very first run Ever. ever so you know it might get better it might get worse we'll see yeah. you know just come Thank along you. for the ride um but thank you so much have a wonderful day yeah happy movie watching all right goodbye